Podcast. We're doing our round eight with you, and we've once again got the whole game together. How's it going, guys? Very well, thank you. Yeah, doing well, thanks. Look, I, I am fine. I'm okay. <laughs> Why don't we start with how you went this week, then, Liam? Since you're just okay. Uh, well, look, I think it's pretty clear that I didn't do spectacularly. Uh, one thousand one hundred twenty-one points, round rank of you know eleven hundred odd, and an overall rank that didn't really move. I'm at ten forty-one. Yeah, I mean, to get back in the top 1,000? That is a goal. Uh, I think the other goal is just to continue to play this game that frustrates me so much. No, I'm sure you'll be fine. It's been a pretty rough couple of weeks. Oh, I was just going to say, thank God, at least you didn't have a Rising Star nomination traded out this week, Liam. That's an that's a improvement. Nearly di- yeah. oh, I nearly did. Cynthia Hamilton kicked two goals, and I was sitting there at the game just sweating, just... Oh, not again. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching. We could, Liam was probably considering leaving at halftime, just thinking, you know what, I can't, I can't watch this. <laughs> oh, that combined with the fact that I went, I went along to that Bombers game expecting, you know, more cakewalk type territory. The Bombers looking really good, and then Sydney were ahead at you know every every break until the final until the final siren. Like, did not enjoy that. That was not. Thankfully, thankfully they pulled through for you though. Yeah, thank <laughs> bloody god. <laughs> What about you, Jono? How did you go this week? Yeah, look, not my best week. I ended up having to uh, change my trades very last minute to avoid a donut, thanks to the omission of Ruby Sergeant Wilson. And mm. I think because of that, I had to keep a lot of players that I had no interest in keeping. So, yeah, definitely not a good score. 1,181. It pushed me out to 275th. So... I think uh, I think I'm gonna be looking for some uniques this week. Should be fun. Yes, I think we all might be doing that. Uh, over to Mister Unique himself, Will. How'd you go? I am coming home with a wet sail this season. I've probably left my run a bit too late, but I scored thirteen twenty-seven. <laughs> Very happy with that for a round rank of ninety-six, which moves me to three hundred and thirty-three. And I'm rapidly closing in on yourself and Jono, so watch out, you two. I'm coming for you. <laughs> you absolutely are. You've actually already closed in on me because I had another average week. Not not too good, not too bad. Uh, 1,118. Round rank in the 11,000s. Actually, worse than, worse of the bunch here. Um, to bump my overall rank down a couple of hundred spots to 467. So... Still top five hundred, but that's not that's not a sentence I like saying out loud. So, Mel, it's it's nice to know that finally someone after five weeks in a row can have a worse team than I did. <laughs> uh, it's, yes. it's, it's been especially tough because the free even the free kickers have been beating you in the last. <laughs> games, so. Yeah, look, I don't have Kiara Bowers, and I'm kind of making do with Anne Hatchard. You chose uh, not to have Kiara no, Bowers. No, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure, Mel, I had not enough money to get Kiara Bowers. Yeah, okay. Well, I gave my negative three this week to Ballard, uh, who I, I, I actually really don't know what I was thinking with that trade. She's done probably what she would expect uh, her to do around 20s and 30s. Um, can I maybe... can I just quickly clarify that you're not talking about the Port Adelaide 
Alex Ballard, you're talking about the Adelaide Crows' Abby Ballard. Yes, I'm not talking about the Ballard that I got super excited about in round two that then got cut from the pod. Uh, I'm talking about the other Ballard. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I could pick the right Ballard, but no. That was a deliberate choice to go with the Crows' Ballard, but I'm um, not really sure what I was thinking at that moment. What about you guys? Uh, my minus three this week went to Gab Pound, who put up a 28. I, I don't think I've mm. seen a player get more of the ball and yet fail to dispose of it. I think she would have been caught holding the ball three times, tackled about another four. Uh, it was it was a rough watch. Yeah, Jono and I were at this game, and every time we were like, oh, Gab Pound's got it, and she's been tackled again. <laughs> it just was a consistent effort across the... Mm. The full four quarters. It just didn't yeah. translate to actual scores. I brought a couple of Carlton fans to that game, and I was like, "The one you're looking for has the like the Afro type hair with the the big curly the hair and the black headband." <laughs> so watch out for her, and it's like, ah, and she's been tackled again. <laughs> <laughs> she she was the player I was planning on trading out to get in Kiara Bowers, and then ended up holding her to avoid a donut. If I had got Bowers in and copped the donut, I would have been about seventy points better off. So, lesson learned for next time. Yeah. Lesson learned if Bowers is the option, go Bowers even if it costs you a zero because it's going to be better than every time. Back in Bowersness. Liam? I am going to give my minus three to Anne Hatchard with a 60, 61, but with the C on top because I don't have Bowers and I don't have Marinoff and it burnt that's a lower score in i think maybe two and a half years and for it to come in a round where kiara bowers goes 140 plus yeah, that's I, I don't count that that that's injury affected score. that's an injury affected score not a real score and even then like, i think the last one was maybe low 70s like i've been i don't know if everyone's been reading my captain's call articles but i've been i've been campaigning for her to be called the rock because she's so absurdly consistent <laughs> and, and then she you know, put out a sixty with it with a captain score, whilst two other captain options went one thirty plus. It was a hard, hard week to watch. <laughs> Nickname rescinded, I guess. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Just no. I, I still like. I think it'll be something that'll stick from season to season. But you certainly won't be getting it in captain's call this week. Mm, even with the captain, she still got less than Bowers. Thanks, man. I, I, I didn't know that. I couldn't figure that one out. Thanks. Sorry. Also, just quickly on that 37 that she got injured in, I'm pretty sure she was on 37 at about quarter time or 30 at about quarter time and then didn't score for the rest of the game, basically. So that just shows how good she is at scoring. But, uh, yeah, a rough one from a player who's been regularly featuring in those plus threes this year from, uh, from Hatchard. Yeah. And Will? I hate to do this because she's an absolute favourite here at the podcast, but my minus three goes to Fremantle captain Hayley Miller. Uh, 54 was one of my lower scores for my premiums. However, I will say it does come with the caveat. She was coming off a knee injury, and she's got a few good matchups ahead, so I'm not too worried. Indeed she does. Freya's got an awesome run. I think the other problem there is Fremantle were trying whatever they could to actually kick some goals. Um, so the only thing worse than my side over the weekend was uh, Fremantle in the forward 50. So they threw Emma O'Driscoll and Hayley mm. Miller up into the forward line and that just corresponded with some lower scoring. I'll tell you what, if um, they want to throw Hayley Miller forward against Sydney and she can kick a bag, I'd be very, very happy with that. For a couple. A, a, a bag usually implies more than one. So yes, a couple of goals uh, would also be yeah. a bag. 
Yes, a, a bag is usually four or five. So my bad. <laughs> I thought a bag was one. No. <laughs> one bag. <laughs> I'd like to kick a bag of goals. It's a very empty bag, but it's a bag nonetheless. Singular one. Well, put it this way: I will take any goals that Haley is willing to kick next week and more. So I'm hoping I've picked her as a long-term one for these last two rounds. And I'm just hoping that knee injury that she copped last week doesn't slow her down. Yeah. I've got a going to break all the rules. I've got not only a special mention, but a special mention where I chuck a neg three on a rookie uh, to shout out uh, Fru. Federica Fru, thanks for that awesome insight last week, Jono. Uh, she was a great pickup. She went from a solid negative three for the first, what, two quarters, three quarters, to then finish on a three. But the only upside to this is that because her break-even was negative two, she still made money. She still money. made money. <laughs> I got to say, Liam did pick this one, saying that he wasn't a fan of the role. And I was also lucky because I would have had through on field, but I couldn't afford her because of my late shuffle. So I ended up moving to Jesslow instead, who scored a 67 on my bench, but much better option than through. Yeah, I... I, I... The pod, the podcast won't have heard it, but in our group chat, there was a lot of Federica fruit chat before I heard the podcast, and I really didn't understand it. I, we've watched five games from her this year, and she'd not done it. She'd been a, a deep, deep forward, Bonnie too good, even though she is the the goal kicker was the one up the ground, and lo and behold, Federica fruit sat in the goal square for most of the weekend. Mm. So she had a pretty good round last week. She week she before, did, but, but that was plus at, I think. Th- the problem is, you don't get a better matchup for a deep forward than Sydney. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> like we knew yeah. the role. We didn't. We didn't hire the role. We just thought it was going to. Quite frankly, I thought Essendon were a better team. That's uh, that's what I'll say there. Yeah, <laughs> Dem, Dem, Dem's fighting words. But, to, but also, in fairness, in fairness to Sydney, the one like you know, they're probably their strongest position are their medium and tall defender stocks, like Bell Smith. And Brenna Tarrant are two of their more consistent players who've you know played games before now. Like, all right, we're not going to really get the past, but <laughs> I think that that was you know a risk that people took. It was not one I wanted to take, and I think it's come to bear that that was the, not the play this week. Yeah, look, let's let's change this minus three. It's not to Federica Fru. It's to me. I apologise to the seven point four percent of coaches who picked her up last week. That's that's my bad. I did not mean... 41 in the top 100 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And look, I did it as well. I didn't have her on my field, but I've definitely slowed my cash generation to an absolute screaming halt with that three, so... (laughs) What about your plus threes? Uh, Look, my plus three is going to Chelsea Randall this week. I know uh, we're going to be talking about her later because she is injured. She's going to be out for, you know, the coming weeks. But to put up 103 in her last game for us, remarkable effort. So, well done, Chelsea Randall. Good way to go out. What about you, Liam? Uh, I think the uh, plus three has definitely got to go to Jazz Garner for what she did against Port Adelaide. I reckon if we were playing Supercoach Fantasy scoring points, she would be 200-plus points because she was absurd out of the stoppages on the weekend and was the second highest scorer for the round and was kind of the only thing that kept my team together. Nice. Well. I've gone a bit different from my plus three. The player I gave my plus three scored an 85, and that was Jamie Lambert. So still not a a really massive premium score, but it was just exactly what I wanted from my cheap option at M5. Bought it for under 100 grand. 85, exactly what I wanted. So very happy with Jamie Lambert's game there. 
I'd like to say that it's almost offensive that you're saying 85 is is great for, you know, exactly what I expected for an M5. Like, she could have easily had 100 plus, and then that would have been a real good plus three. But so yeah. apparently, someone who scores 1,300 plus points, 85, so that's it. That's my best player on the ground. I mean, I could have just gone, oh, yeah, my plus three is Kiara Bowers yeah, once you, you again should. for scoring 141. <laughs> no one else but has. I decided to mix it up. That's why That's why Mel's calling me Mr. Unique, because I've decided to do something a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Jamie Lambert, my plus three. I'm sticking by it. No, I, I still reckon it's a good call. She did look good on the weekend, and she even bobbed up for a, a very, very nice goal from the goal square. It was, uh, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, it's very nice. I've given my plus three to Parker. Um, mostly because I was getting a little bit disheartened about her in the last few weeks and even watching the game. Um, but she came through, had a great week. And what the other thing I quite like about this is that it seems that quite a few of the top top 100 or so have traded her out to make space for Bowers. So she was relatively unique compared to where she was a few weeks ago. Um, so great week for her to have a, an awesome game. Yeah, this is another player that I've just, I've talked about in captain on the captain's call she has a, a unique ability to kind of put together 70-point quarters after being quiet for a quarter and a half. And I think she was only on like 13 or 14 points at quarter time on the weekend. And there really are no other options to, to get first possession, second possessions uh, at GWS. And she even does what you know Bowers does at her best and Emma Swanson does where she's taking that second kick coming out of halfback. And that really just does help. Yeah, and she was also um, playing quite an interesting role against the Hawks where she was almost sitting a kick behind the stoppages when it was in uh, the Haw- the Hawthorne um, back line. So just outside the GWS forward line, she was actually sitting just behind the 50, taking the, the intercept marks to kick it back inside 50 for GWS, which meant that she got quite a few extra kick marks that uh, was really useful to get up to that higher score. Yeah, fantastic work there. Looking at how everyone else has gone with their fantasy scores, so another disgustingly huge score for first <laughs> that we've had. The Flamingos coming in with 1,440. So well done. That is just outstanding. The overall first is a new one. We've now got the Goats. 9,892 points there in first, which is a good... oh. 350 or so ahead of uh, overall 100th, which is the West Coast Coolers. Nice name. Um, which means that you needed to score, wow, 1,292 uh, to stay in the top 100. Safe to say, I mean, outside of Will, the rest of us did not get even close to that. So, and uh, so why we failed. So, for this episode, we're going to mix it up a little bit because um, we're getting really close to the end. If you're even if you're in the top 100 or not in the top 100, either way, you're probably looking for some uniques or maybe some players that you haven't really considered that much before to help uh, boost your score. So we're going to do running through the left fielders. So line by line, uh, defenders, mids and forwards. Uh, we've each prepared what we consider to be a left fielder. So the defenders, we've had some shocking news come through today that's probably throwing everyone's back lines all over the place. Uh, John O. You broke it to us. Why don't you break it to the listeners? Yeah, so we've had Chelsea Randall go down to an ankle injury and she's going to be out uh, this coming weekend, which means uh, I think with only two rounds to go, it's definitely a must trade. I don't think there's really any other option you have. So for 
you know, yourself as a listener or the other 94 people in the top 100 that are dealing with this problem, the question is, where do you go? And obviously, we've got the uh, at what we consider our best players. If you haven't got Ruby Slasher, great option. If you haven't got Emma Carney, a great option. Uh, and then uh, we had uh, Peterson as a surprise mention in our Sweet 16 last week, who I think put up a great score on the weekend. I think those three, if you haven't got any of them, are very, very solid options. But we're going to try and throw up some more left field options for you, just because you know we're coming into the end of the season, we want some unique players, as you say, Mel. So one player that I have been sort of waiting on all season is Natalie Greider. So Brisbane defender, she's in no teams in the top 100 currently, and only 4.2% of teams in the entire competition. But I really, really like her for... A couple of reasons. Firstly, great end to the season. She plays Hawthorne and then Collingwood. Uh, she is definitely a mark taker. I think she's going to be racking it up a lot against the Hawks. The Hawks dump kick, so I would expect her to take a lot of intercepts and you know be able to run up the wing and sort of deliver inside 50. And defenders against Collingwood have done pretty well recently. So I think she's in for a good last two rounds and is a little bit cheaper for you to bring in if you don't want to you know, if, if you need to be making money and trying to make an upgrade on the other side of it. Like, I completely agree that Grider was someone that we kind of all looked at last year. Just your comment on Hawthorne, though. Are you not a little concerned uh, going up against Hawthorne that even if they do dump kick, there's probably just not going to be enough possession kind of chipping around deep in defence to be able to get a good score? Because I think the equivalent player against GWS, for example, is someone like Atani Evans. That kind of mid to slightly taller defender who takes a number of marks on dump kicks. Tony Evans only had 37 last week after having gone at 71 the week before. I would be a little concerned that there may not be enough ball in her area to kind of meaningfully go round because you also think they've got uh, Brie Conan who had her, whatever it was, 150 besquillion earlier in the season when... That was Phoebe Monaghan. Phoebe Monaghan, sorry. <laughs> but I think I think... Brie Conan has also had a game like that before. Like there is, there is a glut of potential options to take intercept marks. That would be my only issue. No, I understand that, but I think there's a very big difference between the Giants' uh, style of play and the Lions. The Lions spread and kick mark a lot more. They're the highest mark taking team this season. You compare them to the Giants, who they're all about run and dash and trying to move the ball quickly. So there's a lot more points in the Lions' style. And if you go back to that Phoebe Monaghan game, I think it was against the Giants, all of the defenders, uh, and that was a shellacking, the Lions, over the Giants, They all the defenders racked up big points and big marks. So I, I see that as a very big possibility against the Hawks. I know I know what you're thinking. The Hawks are an excellent side, 3-1 and one the past few weeks, and so close to being 4-0. and oh, But I just don't quite think we can match it with, with the Brisbane Lions. Not quite. Maybe a little bit behind, yeah. Yeah, we'll get closer than Adelaide did for sure. You know, they're only Absolutely. the reigning premiers. Liam, I can see uh, you've got someone down here that I have been very keen on. And actually, the only reason I haven't brought them in so far is that as a free supporter, I can't really justify having four eagles in my sight. Why don't you tell us about Charlie Thomas? <laughs> yeah, Charlie Thomas was someone that I believe Will talked up Maybe not. I can't remember whether or not it was on the pod, but definitely once yeah. you talked up in in yeah, our in two, our conversations two weeks ago, two weeks ago. I, I'm one of the... I'm talking like way back when, like at the beginning, oh, yes. of the, beginning yes. of the year. She was a season. player that um, Haley Bullis mm. brought up as someone who was a 
of interest, and I thought she had a good end to last season. So one to one to watch. Started the season a bit slowly, but I'll I'll let you take it from there, Liam. Yeah, Charlie Thomas has been in some ripping hot form. She is only two point one percent owned and has four owners inside the top. 100. Now, she is, I believe at this stage, the fourth or fifth most expensive forward, but you're still going to be defender. making... Uh, defender. You're still going to be making pause for dramatic effect whilst I find it. <laughs> Money. Money. Lots of it. <laughs> you're still like going grand, to be right? making... Money. You're still going to be... She's 88 Yeah, she's yeah. 88K. So, she, sorry, she's the sixth highest, most expensive forward sitting in between Gilly Gilroy and Katie Lynch. She, she shall not, not not be named. Uh, but you're still going to be making, you know, more than 30K as a downgrade from Charlie um, from Chelsea Randall. Also, given who she's going to be going up against um, in the back end of the season, she's going to be playing against Melbourne in the final round, who are not particularly accurate, and she takes kick-ins. And then I also believe she has Western Bulldogs, who are hilariously inaccurate and takes all kick-ins. Yeah. So Sounds good. That seems like a great combo to me. I was seeing um, Sophie McDonald playing a fair chunk of that game, uh, that position uh, in the last Eagles game. Is there any risk that some of the points get distributed there? Uh, I might I might take this one. Uh, Sophie McDonald basically plays the pure full-back role. And I think that if she was taking the kick-outs, it was purely because Thomas was either elsewhere on the field or on off the ground i think that's not too much of a worry uh in terms of point scoring and i really like this option because at the moment charlie thomas has is actually sitting in my side fantastic yeah we, we haven't got kicking stats for the um round eight just passed but charlie thomas has had six in each of the three rounds prior to this week so yeah, that's still free, eight, free eighteen points mm. there. That's free eighteen points every single week. That's why, even though she's priced at uh, sixty-two, she's coming in at a three-round average of seventy-four. So definitely one that I would put my name pretty strongly to, and very lowly owned at this stage. Yeah, nice. What about you, Will? Yeah, I really like the Charlie Thomas one. I've gone for someone who's a bit of a more short-term prospect, a bit riskier, but the the benefit of this player is they're only priced at 54k mm. and that is Sarah Sansonetti. So Sarah Sansonetti's come over to Collingwood from the Tigers. Has basically been coming off the bench in every single game. But in the last couple of weeks she started playing a bit more of a wing half back role. It's just meant that her scoring's crept up a little bit and in the last couple of weeks she scored a 70 and a 60. So if you're willing to take a gamble on someone who's a bit lower priced She's only 0.8% owned and zero in the top 100. She's the sort of player that if you are looking to maybe split Chelsea Randall into two players, which is exactly what I'm doing, you could probably move Randall down to someone and one of your bench rookies up to a Sansonetti and hopefully you're going to get two players who can average around about that 60 mark. Yeah, sounds good. Are you worried at all about Collingwood's fixture? Because they're playing North Melbourne and then the Brisbane Lions. I am a, a little bit, but I'm hoping that it suits her playing off halfback because it means that those two stronger teams, the ball will be down there a bit more. I don't expect her to average, you know, upwards of 60, 70 like some of the others we've mentioned, but I think for a good 30K less, mm. I think she's a really good option if you are looking to 
just complete mm. that back line of yours? Because I know a lot of people are still fielding players like Indy Tahoe, um, a few of the other ones in that back line who are probably, if you can move on, aren't bad options. So I think she's someone that has a, a lot of upside, even if there is a bit of risk connected to it. Just to be negative, Nancy over here, uh, she's never played uh, Brisbane before, but has played two games against North Melbourne for a grand total of 50 points. Mm. One thing I will say, though, is that she's playing a different role to what she's oh, no, uh, traditionally oh, no, played. Oh, no. so. I'm just being deliberately unhelpful at this <laughs> Deli- stage. No, I, I, deliberately obtuse. I appreciate that you've done it because I think it means that she's guaranteed to go well now. Every time you've done this. Oh, I know. I'm just a <laughs> it's backfired spectacular. Midas touch over here. I'm just a Midas touch this season. Yeah, the, the Collingwood backline is absolutely humming at the moment and she's a key part of that. So, to me, there is a bit of risk involved, but... Her last two weeks have suggested that she could be a value pick. So yeah, Sarah Sansonetti is a bit of a, a cheaper option, but Mel, I think you've got a really nice, almost premium option now, given how well she's been going the last few weeks. Yeah, so I've got down Georgia Garnett, who plays for GWS. She was one that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago because she had this huge score, um, and we were like, wow, where did that come from? She looks like a great player. Unfortunately, she followed that uh, 89 up with a... Uh, 29, but she's done it again in round eight, up in the high 80s. For someone that has that high ceiling, she's only priced at about 86 uh, grand and uh, a price at points of 60. She, while she's listed as a defender, she's actually been playing as forward all year, so that kind of complicates it a little bit, given that they're going up against uh, Richmond and Gold Coast in the next couple of weeks. But she's one that's moderately owned, so she's got five in the top 100 own her, which makes you think maybe they're onto something but overall her ownership is still quite low at at 2.9 percent so i think she's one of those slightly less left field but still um not too highly owned i think if you want to actually enjoy watching the games you could happily pick georgia garnett because i think you could say she probably has a top five set of hands in the aflw her ability to mark or come down with every single mark is pretty spectacular. Um, and we saw more of that on the weekend. My question for the group is, I think the Gold Coast matchup is delightful. I think that's the kind of game that she will dominate. She plays as a high half forward role, kind of gets everywhere. My question for everyone is, who is her direct opponent when she plays Richmond? Because I think that the one player that might be a problem is Eilish Sheeran. Mm. I, I actually think that, just just quickly to what you were saying, she's a lot like Bonnie Toogood where she's just such a clean mark of the ball. And after that um, Hawthorne game, Liam did send us all a message saying, this Georgia Garnett is pretty good at football. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I actually think this is a, a really good option. A bit more expensive, as we've said. But I think that even against Richmond who do have a pretty organized defense. I think she's she's shown this year that she can score pretty well regardless of the opposition that she is coming mm-hmm. across. I I would just say that it's as the most expensive option is just the one thing to consider, but as a downgrade from Randall, I don't mind it at all. To to me the big flag is that Richmond is probably going to win this game. Because I was looking at a, if you look at her last four, she's had two above 80 and two under 50. The two games above 80, they they won pretty comfortably against Hawthorne and Carlton. And the two games under 50, they lost to Collingwood and to West Coast. So 
I, I just worry with a key forward. I think she's either going to put up a big score or a low score. You'd have to be confident that GWS stand a good chance against Richmond. So you say that, but in the game that GWS got absolutely belted by Brisbane, she still managed to score a 64 against a pretty tidy and organised defence in Brisbane. So while I agree that the last couple of losses aren't great signs, I do think that it she's a good enough player that she, it sh- she has the ability to do well. Whether she does is a completely different question. I think the other thing to take away from that, not ne- not necessarily wins or losses, it's actually the matchup because I believe that she got um, McDonald against West Coast and McDonald's been pe- like particularly good as a lockdown defender this year and then got absolutely smothered against Collingwood who are by far and away the, the or, you know up there with uh, up there with the most organised defences in the comp and I think that kind of contributes to my trepidation. And I also think that someone like Eilie Sheeran can match her for size and is also an, an incredible intercept player. The kind of person that revels being kicked at consistently. That'd be a, a fantastic matchup if it happens, I'll say that. Gunn and Sheeran. Oh, two of the most entertaining players that aren't midfielders, I reckon. Well, moving on to the midfielders then, maybe. Sorry, before we move on, sorry, I do just want to quickly mention, we got a question in about Katie Lynch. And I feel pretty obliged to answer it and just have a quick discussion, guys. Obviously coming off a ropeable two weeks. And it's off the back of basically just her lowest two disposal counts all season. I think she had a lockdown role against Melbourne. But I really can't explain what happened last week. Only the 12 touches and a lot more handballs than she's had all season. Almost uh, half the amount of marks that she usually gets. Does anyone have an idea of why that might be the case? One thing I will say is she didn't look to be taking as many kickouts, which was interesting. I think Eleanor Brown took a few of the, the kickouts. So some of those easy kick disposals that we, we're used to with Katie Lynch didn't quite happen. Um, in terms of the marks, the marks are down a bit as well. But yeah, I think that's one of the big things is I think Bulldogs are sharing those kick-ins a bit, which uh, has harmed Lynch's scoring ability. Mm. I just don't think that that goes enough to explaining the problem because that might take a 42 up to a 50, but that doesn't explain the difference between 42 and 71 and 92, which is what she'd done kind of the prior two weeks before these two down ones. I, I don't, I, I, maybe I don't understand football enough to understand why, but she's been left out of far too many chains going forward. And she got burnt multiple times for short 45 degree kicks on the weekend for inexplicable reasons from a from a fan's perspective. Mm. Yeah, it seems like almost a, a shift in the game style, perhaps, just trying to maybe move it a bit quicker rather than um, holding that possession. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's uh, definitely burned a few coaches when she when they picked her up as a, a star recruit. <laughs> Don't know what that's like. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't know it. <laughs> so she was in our top five of the Sweet Sixteen. And we've already had a bit of issues in our back line now that Randall's out. Is she one that you hold? Do we think she's coming back from this? I guess is the real question. If you've got Randall, I think you almost have to hold. Because I think there's other more important things to do. I, It's a tough one because, and I, I always say, end up saying this, it depends on what you need to do. But, gee, I, I, I'd be worried about the way that they've been going about it in the last couple of weeks and... Uh, a matchup against the West Coast this week that could go 
really well or could go really, really poorly if it's not down there. Who scores more points for the rest of the year? Is it Charlie Thomas, Katie Lynch, or Emma Carney? I'm hoping Charlie Thomas because she's the one I have. I'd, I'd happily say Emma Carney unless she cops a, a hard tag, which I don't see happening in the next two games. Mm. Mm, I agree. Yeah. I think I think Carney, then Thomas, then Lynch would be my, my thoughts. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think I'm going to be holding Lynch. Back your premiums is, is a pillar of mine, but I certainly wouldn't be trading her in if I don't have her. Well, I was super keen to trade her out last week and then I got shut down on that idea, but uh, I might consider trading her out again. So we'll see. Yeah, look, second second thing I've apologised for on this podcast, my, my bad, well, Mel. <laughs> I make my own decisions. You're just giving your opinions. I have unfortunately followed them <laughs> to my own demise. Goodness me. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Moving, moving along. Moving along. Midfielders. Let's start with you, Will. I know you're super passionate about your midfielder pick here. Yeah, Choppy Lambert uh, gave him my plus three. Um, still only 1.6% owned and only two in the top 100. I brought her in last week when she was priced under 100k, so it was a bargain buy. But if you do want her, she still is only priced at just over 100k at 10340. She's or actually, since I looked earlier, she's up to 1.8. So that looks like a, a person or two as has brought her in but yeah she scored an 85 she looked really really good against a pretty good midfield unit in uh Fremantle they've got a tough couple of matchups Jamie Lambert but she has shown the ability in the past to score well against some top teams so I think as a an underpriced option which seems to be my my theme for this uh segment I think she's a good one I think the other thing that she's done which is almost ironic, is when she's in her best scoring form, she's kicking goals. So even though she was playing as a forward for large swaths of this season, she bobbed up for a goal on the weekend. And that kind of helps to anchor some of her massive scores in the back end of last year. Uh, I think that bodes well, notwithstanding you know a tough a tough run of uh, Will. You should have these off the top yeah, of your head. North, North and Brisbane. Yeah, okay. North... I don't think is necessarily the most restrictive, but I'd be a little bit concerned about Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, to me, to me, she was a sort of like I think if you don't bring her in this week, you're not bringing her in in the last week. Put it that way. I wouldn't bring her in against um, Brisbane, but she's still cheap enough now that if you don't quite have the money to push up to some of the other options that we're probably about to talk about or one of your Uber premiums, definitely a good alternative option. Well, for my midfielders, I'm excited to be talking about some more Frio players. We've been waiting for Frio's run home uh, with the two easy games coming up against uh, Sydney and Hawthorne, who, you know, Hawthorne might not be as easy given how bad Frio are at the moment. Be- but be- before, you, before you say this pick, Mel, I just want to say this is probably the most left field pick of any of the ones we've been going for, and I love it. I really like it too. I love it. Oh, well. I, like, I like the thinking. I like the process. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that makes me feel fantastic. I've got Nikki Gore. Um, so we've, we know so you've already got Bowers, you've already got Miller classics in the midfield there. Frio have had a couple of terrible injuries um, and players in and out. So their team's kind of in shatters at the moment. But Nikki Gore, she's. 
Price at seventy three grand um, for uh, a score of 50, a price at score fifty one. She's come across from Adelaide, where her scoring was really up and down, and so her her peaks are about like over sixty, but she was really inconsistent. This season, except for the first couple of games, she's actually been quite consistent, chopping between like 40 and 60, um, which is a good sign. I'm hoping that uh, given the fixture coming up, that she's got some some good games in her. Um, she's also very lowly owned, so 0.5% in total and zero in the top 100. Yeah, so, so quite a bit cheaper than some of the other ones. What do you guys like about her? I just love how how left field it is. I think that there's some midfield, there's some midfield <laughs> openings. <laughs> there's some midfield openings at Freo with um, Gabo Sullivan out, and I think playing against Hawthorne and Sydney would be a bit friendlier to the outside players like Nicky Gore. Mm. Um, at 30k cheaper than my cheap option, I think it's a a very it's a, the sort of option that could very easily go wrong but if it goes right bloody oath it'll be the best pick you've ever made mal i love it look i actually can't probably shuffle her in my team because i've got a couple of other problems um but uh <laughs> namely my terrible trades from the last two weeks but um yeah i reckon she's a good pick i i think if you wanted to uh, this 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 has the hallmarks of, uh, of an emily piece to my mind Easy. um uh who, you know, had a very unfortunate situation where he did her ACL at training. I feel like I'd be remiss to mention that given how much I've, I've been a little bit harsh this season. Maybe a mid a middle point option at Fremantle that's a little bit, you know, more midfield time than, than Nicky Gore. You could definitely look at a Dana East um, just as a third or fourth fiddle midfielder. Still looks good and has an incredibly good run. He's only 77k, priced at 54. I think if she can score 60 against Collingwood, I'd say 70, 75 to kind of round out the season. If you're in that 20 points of value as your M5, if you're like me and really scraping to the end of the season, I don't think it's a bad option at all. I also want to throw in Early Runnels there, who scored an 84 this week. Yeah. So there's a bit of value in that Fremantle midfield. Uh, potentially for the next couple of weeks, if you are looking for someone under 80K. Hmm. Liam, what about you? Yeah, so I have gone with uh, Melbourne's Liv Purcell, who's looked excellent in the back half of the year and really seems to have found her feet at Melbourne after now spending you know the equivalent of a season's worth of games working her way into that midfield rotation and, uh, and really nailing down a spot. Uh, she comes in... With only 1.6% ownership, two in the top 100, she does finish with an excellent matchup against the West Coast Eagles, and he's coming off two scores, uh, uh, scores of 109 against the Western Bulldogs and 108 against Gold Coast. The only mini flag for Liv Purcell is that she is going up against Essendon, who don't give up particularly big scores to midfielders. But you would have said the same thing about the Western Bulldogs, and she put up 109 against them and could have also had a goal. So I really like Liv Purcell. I really like the fact that she's a high-possession midfielder. She's had over 25 possessions in each of the last four games. And my only little another little flag is that you will be annoyed if you're forced to watch her by how many hand passes she has the same with Eliza West the handball happy sisters in the Melbourne midfield but she's an excellent player has gone in the kind of 90s in the past and this is kind of her best run of form and we're kind of really seeing the potential that she had at, at Geelong as well yeah you forget that she was an all-australian 
uh, you know, last season at Geelong. So, great alternative option in that midfield. And Jono? Uh, look, I've gone with Charlie Rowbottom as my pick. I think she has had a phenomenal season, uh, really going to be a superstar of the comp. But even so, he's still very, very lowly owned. So uh, last three-round average of 89, a season average of 87, but comes home with a very, very good matchups. So I think she plays Carlton and then GWS in the next two, both of whom yep. you know give up a lot of points. Uh, and I think with only eight in the top 100 currently holding her, I think it's a very, very good, unique pick if you're trying to fill out your midfield. Yeah, I like it. I, she was an option I was thinking of a few weeks ago, so a bit more highly owned, so a bit less left field, as uh, Mel said regarding uh, Georgia Garnett, but still, as you say, 6.3%, 8 in the top 100. Yeah, she's even made an yeah. appearance in uh, the Lean's potential captain, so she's obviously got some great potential there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, she's definitely got a ceiling on her. You know, some of the games she's put up have been huge this season. Yeah, she had a run there where she went 118, 97, 96. But just while we're here, if you want a player who has the same great run, but he's 14K cheaper, Jono, one of your favorites in Ali Drennan. Yeah. Are you not tempted by that, that little bit of extra cash that you can get while still <laughs> having that elite run? And also, she has the ceiling. Maybe not 118. 0.8% she owned is as well. so unique. Yeah, no, I was definitely tossing up Alison Drennan. I think she's a very good option as well. I, I went with Robottom just for the ceiling. I think if, you, if you've only got two matches to go, Robottom is a better tackler. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Drennan, great, great player. And when she's on, she is really on. So yeah, no, no qualms with picking her. Yeah. You say that the ceiling of Drennan is only seven points lower this season than Robottom, and Drennan has the same great form in the last two games. She's gone 90 and 88. So yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those options. I think obviously Robottom has that potential to go even bigger and better yeah. because she is this kind of untapped font of extreme power through the yeah. midfield but that's that's what always think... tempts me is the number one pick what what are they capable of sometimes you see these players have these really big ends to the season as they're getting more and more comfortable with the game so that that it's just teasing me a little bit i'm, I'm excited for it yeah I, I i think the the unique option for players in this sort of band where you're not quite in that top hundred but you're looking to just try and get someone who might just go big which is why I would personally go Drennan at this stage, just because 0.8, we know Drennan can go massive. She did it last year. She's done it this year. If she managed to pull out a, a couple of hundreds, you might just be able to find yourself sneaking up on that top hundred. It'd have to be a very big sneak for me, but <laughs> sneaking nonetheless. <laughs> always hope, Mel. There's always hope. At least you have bowers, right? <laughs> I do. Like... You, I don't. <laughs> like, you have the most informed player, I would say, ever. Yeah, I was about to say, this patch of form... Like, Jono mentioned it before, where Ebony Marinoff is in, like, probably the second best patch of form ever. And it's just happened to coincide with Bowers having the best. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy how good those two are going right now. Yeah. Oh. Um, people that have had both of them for a little while are going to be absolutely coasting. 
just quickly before we move off midfielders, we did get a question on Twitter uh, from the Duke uh, about a few midfielders. The first one was uh, Megan Kaufman, whether or not she's going to get some midfield minutes. I think that you've got two sources of uh, information there. One, the rest, like she's, she's had minutes kind of throughout the rest of the season. But then secondly, Kiara Bowers talked about this in her interview on the AFLW Fantasy Pod, which you should definitely go and listen to for a kind of bit more information about what that Fremantle midfield looks like. But it certainly sounds like she will be in and around the midfield. And we've already talked about the fact that Fremantle are options. And then the next question was whether or what are our thoughts on Liv Purcell and Ali Anderson. Now, I've already talked to Liv Purcell. I think she's an excellent option at this time of year alongside those Gold Coast midfielders. But what are our thoughts on Ali Anderson? Yeah, I've been saying Ali Anderson's been underrated since the preseason, which Mel was always happy to, to tell me. She's had a, an exceptional year. Ali Anderson got a really favourable matchup this week in particular against... Hawthorne and then follows up against Collingwood who we saw can give teams points I think she's a a good alternative option to some of the other ones still not too highly priced as well if you are looking to go that way she's only 128 and only 3.6% owned four in the top 100 so another one of those ones in that if you're looking for a, a sideways or something like that or an upgrade I think she's a really good option, um, Ellie Anderson. I think my only thing would be to say that Charlie Rowbottom is basically the same price and has the better run. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's fair. I think Anderson's probably got the the highest ceiling, but whether she hits it is that question, as you say, Liam. So I I think at this stage with two rounds to go, you're basically just gambling your percentages, which is why I think you're saying robot and based on the matchups i think if we go back to that uh you know when we were talking about knack rider i was saying that brisbane playing gws is going to be very similar look to brisbane playing hawthorne this week uh was that the round that ali anderson went 138 ali anderson did in fact score 138 against gold coast gold coast against gw okay against gws she scored 66 (laughs) don't get those confused you know (laughs) Yeah. It's very different. That was actually very second highest. Yeah. Yeah. They're very second, different sides. That was actually a second lowest score for the year against GWS, which was quite interesting. So it's one of those ones where she's in great form. She's gone 192 and 112 in the last three against some good opposition as well in Adelaide and North Melbourne. So form is on her side, I'll say that. I think the big thing is that she scored 100 against Essendon. She's one of the few mids to do that, and they're an expansion side, and she's got an expansion side. I don't think it's a bad call, and if she will probably feature kind of at the back end of Captain's Call this week. Very nice. All right, let's move on, move forward finally. <laughs> let's, let's move forward to the forwards. Um, oh. So... I've got here um, Courtney Wakefield. So I'm pretty excited to be mentioning a Richmond player as well because I do deep down love Richmond. 87.5 grand with a, a price down of 61 points. So a fairly expensive for a forward, but not too bad. Uh, so she's the primary scorer for Richmond other than uh, Katie Brennan, who did come back last week and didn't really hamper, hamper, hamper her scoring that much. So um, Wakefield was 
still able to bring back an awesome score. Richmond are going up against GWS and North Melbourne. So should be some decent scoring opportunities there. Currently 0.5% owned and zero in the top 100. So another really lowly owned player to be throwing out here. And she's shown that she she can get 70 plus points when she's playing against these easy teams, such as like a GWS and maybe not so much a North, but we'll see. Yeah, so she's my forward pick. And I got to say, Jono and I were sitting watching her play in the Carlton Richmond game. And I was saying to Jono, I think she's a, a cheeky chance at making the All-Australian squad, if not the team. Mm. There's been some good goal scorers this year, so she's probably going to miss out on the team. But in the absence of Katie Brennan, she has stepped up in a big way. So, Yeah, I, I definitely don't mind it. My my only concern would be that she, to get to the 71 on the weekend, she did kick an actual bag. She kicked four goals, which was her career high. And my concern would be if she's not going to, like, is she going to do that this week against the Giants? Because if she doesn't, then her ceiling might be a bit limited. It could be a 50. Which, if you're paying up at 87.5K, I'd, I'd, I'd wonder if there are other options around that price that are still unique. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just Well, why don't you give us one nervous. then? Who have you got on your list? Just quickly, Liam, you, you, you desperately want to talk. I just, I just wanted to say, Jono, it's like hearing my own voice <laughs> saying, ah, the fact that they score lots of goals is a problem. <laughs> It's it's almost like we've spent an ungodly amount of time together, Liam. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love I love that it's, I love that it's not Katie Brennan though, who was the one I was worried about for. It was it's Courtney Wakefield playing the same role. <laughs> I love I love the cosmic resonance of this entire moment. Yeah, I will say Mel that the player that I'm bringing up also has some flags. But I'm feeling good about it. I'm going to talk about Jess Fitzgerald from the Western Bulldogs. I think she's in great form, if not good fantasy form. And that's that's where my flag comes in. But earlier this year, she was on a great run of high scoring. I think she put out a run of 60s which or and above, which was very impressive. Last mm. couple of weeks has put up some lowish scores, but it's not necessarily due to... Uh, role change she's still getting lots of time in the middle she's still getting coaches votes she's just not getting as much of the ball so the next two games are still a fairly easy run for the Bulldogs I'd expect them to win both playing West Coast who give up a lot of points and Carlton who give up a lot of points so I'd I'd be jumping on her so when you say that she hasn't had a role change but she's got lower points is that just because of the matchup or is that something to concern about maybe her like her fitness level at the moment yeah, I think it's I think it's some teams are just tough to score against. And last week was against St Kilda, and St Kilda have these random games where it's really <laughs> restrictive. I wouldn't say necessarily they really that do happens has happened as much this season. And Ellie Blackburn still put up a great score last week, but yeah, she for whatever reason she just wasn't getting around it. I'm I'm struggling to read the Bulldogs at the moment. If that's not clear from the last few weeks of me talking about Bulldogs yeah. players. <laughs> Like, I, I, I feel your pain. I try and pick Bulldogs players as captains, options, and I swear I don't think I've got it right at a single point this season. Because mm. I'm like, okay, yeah, Kirsty Lamb, two great games in a row. She's like Alice Edmonds, like number one player. Goes to, throws up a 40. Like, I, I don't understand them. Yeah. Like, they yeah. don't score that many skilling scores either until Alice Edmonds has the second 100 plus, sorry, third 100 plus ruck score for the year. 
Yeah. It's all very weird. Yeah. Why is Alice Edmonds even the rock when it could have been Celine Moody? I guess we know now. She's been phenomenal all season. Because she was a great rock. ridiculously good cap rock. Because Celine Moody said she wanted to go up forward mm. as well, which... Do you reckon the writing was on the wall because she sees what Alice Edmonds can do in training? Because, like, it, it, the run of form she's in, I don't know about you guys, but I think she needs to be the All-Australian Ruck, and I don't know if it's that much of a competition. I think so. I think the only person who's close is Brian Moody. We are still waiting to see her be announced as Ruck for AFL team, AFLW Team of the Week. Surely, surely this surely week. Surely this week. Surely. <laughs> surely this week. It would be an outrage if she isn't. <laughs> oh, but that's that's my pick, I suppose, for the forwards. Um, Will, what about you? Yeah, I've gone for Daria Bannister from Essendon, priced at 77100 so slightly below uh, Wakefield and Fitzgerald. 0.6% ownership, zero in the top 100. She has benefited so much from her move to the Dons this season. Prior to this year, she'd only had a small handful of scores over 40. And this season, in the last five weeks or five games that she's played, she hasn't dropped below 50. The small flag there is they do play Melbourne this week, which is a very tough matchup, but they do finish against Port Adelaide. So I think she's a, a good, unique option. She's playing a, a quite a fantasy-friendly role across half-forward for the Dons. So I quite like her as a left-field option. There's another pretty good uh, forward from Essendon. Should consider bringing in Chi-Jay. Scored a massive three last week. <laughs> Betty, <laughs> Betty Fru, Betty Fru. No, I I rate I rate the call of Daria Bannister massively, but for next week, I think you yeah. bring her in for that Port Adelaide game because she looked excellent on the weekend. I and I also think that her games against uh, Geelong um, and Collingwood, she's only scored fifties in both of them, but they've belied the impact that she's had. She's a super high impact player, and then kind of finally got that fantasy. High level, higher level fantasy reward against Sydney on the weekend. What about you, Liam? My pick is someone who doesn't come in with amazing form, but has done it in the past, and that's Greta Bodie. Uh, she was someone that I think all four of us, or at least three or four of three of the four of us, owned at the back end of last year. Um, she comes in at zero point eight percent owned uh, and zero percent ownership in the top one hundred at seventy five k. So kind of even cheaper than some of the other players that we've been talking about. She is someone who can definitely kick goals, comes off a 69 last week, uh, and then has a decent couple of matchups to end the season. If you're looking for someone in that 75k range, which is only a little bit cheaper, a little bit more expensive than Hannah Ewings or an Ella Roberts, I think Greta Bodie could finish the season with a 65 and a 70 which I just don't know you can expect from either of the rookies. Yeah, no, I really rate this pick. I think Brisbane's in for some amazing form. They're going to run home very, very strong, and she'll be a great beneficiary. I like the pick. Yeah, my, my only flag, I suppose, is Collingwood, we've mentioned, have a very organised back line. That should be quite a good game, but I think Brisbane is in such irresistible form that I wouldn't be too worried. I think the I think the reason why I'm a little bit less worried about the Brisbane game is Collingwood game. Collingwood game, sorry, is 
the kind of extremely good goal-kicking form of a Jesse Wardlaw means that Stacey Livingston actually has to play a man, like actually has to play on a, a, a much more lockdown role mm. and, and can't just lay off the back. And we kind of even saw a little bit of that when Emma Driscoll went down, went up forward and actually put a bit of pressure on the Collingwood back line because she could take a contested mark and was kind of dragging Collingwood defenders away from those really easy, just like, oh, well, we'll just wait for a dump kick and, and take a mark. So I think the the other options that exist there, and I, I also think that the pace of, of Courtney Hodder is pretty unique. So I think all those factors combining, I think this is the toughest forward line to go against. And I think that the style of play that Bodie is will be the beneficiary because I don't know who the natural matchup is that has Bodie's skill. Mm-hmm. So quick question now that we've whipped through our forwards. We know that a lot of people that didn't have Bowers have been um, selling the farm to, to get her in. We're probably coming into a bit of money with um, Randall being out. If you don't have, say, Agana, who is the other exceptional player on, on their line, do you sell the farm to bring her in? Or are there too many other good forward options that she's not quite on that Bowers level of desperation if you don't have her? I, I don't know if she necessarily fits into that same Bowers level. And I think even if she was almost close, I think that this season has shown to bear, and I think it's shown to bear in previous seasons, that in the instance where a large number of people who are highly ranked are going to have a player, you're best off trying to maximise and find two good players who can outperform than trying to sell the farm to get up to just one, where... All it would take is, you know, a bad game against Richmond, you know, for whatever reason. She has Ellie McKenzie kind of sit on her for the entire game. Like, I, who knows what it could be in the same way that they had, like, Richmond ran a tag against Maddie Presparkas. That's a completely normal thing for Richmond to do in the final round. I don't think it's worth it. I think she still is the best forward, just not worth kind of paying that extra whatever it is, 15, 20K on top of Randall. Yep, I like it. Um, Lane, do you want to run us through your captains? Yes, so uh, I didn't get a chance to write a full captain's call article last week, but I did put together a tweet thread with a few options. Now, went pretty chalky, started off with Bowers, and that was kind of on the pod last week, and she's followed it up with just stupidity. Across my options last week, I'd say my two failures were Hatchard with a 60, but you know at least I put a bit of chess behind it. She was my captain as well. And then Maddie Pressbarkus, who had Bridie Kennedy running around with her all game. Um, but across the options I, I gave, uh, the average was 100, basically 100 points. So again, another week of I'm good at picking the captain's thing, just not great at my own team. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, a rough one. Jump. That's a rough one. Who have you got coming this week? Oh, I think it's... I, 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 you can't pick anyone but Kiara. Like, if you are, then you have some intestinal fortitude that I do not. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to go against it. The, what about this? Do you think that Turbo is going to have the Brady Kennedy tag this week? I don't think it matters. Yeah, she's in pretty good I don't... Form. Like, there's a reason why... There's a reason why... Even when she won the W award, she was the highest scoring fantasy player. Like everyone knows she's elite, but why? Like you can tackle someone, you can tag someone, but if they tackle everyone on your team, the tag doesn't do anything. 
And her thing is like gut running. And like Bridie Kennedy has shown herself to be a competent player this year. I don't think there are many players who are running as well as Kiara Bowers is right now. Okay, so we've got a question from our number one pod fan, Bailey. Bailey. Ham to Bowers with uh, Genome, uh, Genome Anderson as utility, or through to Anderson, Ali Anderson, with Ham as utility. I would have said Bowers, but Anderson as utility worries me. I don't mind just going for Anderson and going safe with Ham in this case. You've got to find a better way to describe uh, but, the two Andersons. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm worried about true. Anderson, so instead I'd go Anderson. <laughs> don't do Anderson. I'm going to start that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think we got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, Janome Anderson worries me. I had her on field this week. Scored a 22. Top score of 38, I believe, so far this season. I would be more comfortable bringing in Anderson with Ham as the utility. Uh, Jono and I were having a very heated discussion about this before the before the podcast started, but it's it's very difficult watching kind of Montana Ham kind of sit on a wing and as a halfback this year, mm. um, just knowing that when she does actually go in the midfield, she's just such an elite clearance player, and it's it's been tough to watch given we know what first-year players can do when they're given full midfield time like we saw with uh, Robottom and Presparkas last year. Oh, gee, she's going to be a, a tempting prospect for next season, I must say. What else do we have here? <laughs> oh, I like this question. From Valour Longa. Haven't been able to get Bowers. Do I just forget about her and cry? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> that is beautifully worded. Um as the, like As the one equipped to give that answer. As the one equipped to give that answer, yes, I will be crying some silent tears whilst I present this face of happiness and, and willingness to engage in Bowers related questions. Fantastic. Well, we'll answer that one then. Uh, ben Russell says, which option for next round is better? Brazil and Anderson, which I'm assuming then is I'm assuming that's Ali Anderson. <laughs> Not Oh <Genome>. really? Oh really? <laughs> Razzle and Ali Anderson. He doesn't want Gino. Or Carney and Hosking being Sarah Hosking. What do we reckon? I like the latter, but I'm a I'm a Hosking fan. I think I like the former. I think I, we've we've kind of talked up Ali Anderson this week and, and Brisbane's run, and I think Ash Brazzle continues to look good with the extra run in her legs at AFLW level. Not to say that she wasn't fit coming into it; it's just a different type of fitness to uh, to the netball. I think Brazzle's been working into some midfield minutes recently as well, which I'm I'm a big fan of. So I. Probably go that option, Brazil and Anderson. I would personally be tempted by uh, Carney and Lambert for just the one K more than Hosking. Oh. So that was not an option, <laughs> but good, good answer. It's Will's way to find a unique answer. Nice, love it, Mister Unique here. Um, and we've got one last question here from Lucky Malx. Which sub forty-five grand player is the best to field this week? One of the sub-45 grand players I was having a look at, uh, Lucy Burke, who absolutely roasted me alive last season (laughs) because she was not very good at scoring. She has put up a fantastic score last week, but that was because she was in the ruck and she got like about 12 hit-outs, which was really helping her scoring. With Nauda just taking last week off as rested, if she were to come back, I suspect that those points would move back uh, to Nauda, but I don't know how long she's being rested for. That was a, con- that was a concussion just... one, I believe. No, no, no. This this was a really strange ah. one. So you had Aaron McKinnon go down with concussion early this season, uh, and then last week yeah. 
On so Ronaldo round seven on field, uh, Simone Naldo went down very early with a shoulder injury. They didn't list her on the injury report uh. and then rested her. I don't I don't know what yeah. it means. I think we need to push for some mandatory injury injury reporting. I hate I hate all of this. I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And the problem with this is that St Kilda play on Sunday, so it's not one that you can wait and see, does Nauda come back, does she not? I think, therefore, Lucy Burke is too risky. But good thing there's another fantastic option here in Jess Lowe. Jono and Will, fight it oh. out. Look, I'm, I'm going to take this, this one to start ugh. because... Ugh. because no, that, <laughs> that was offended. No, that was a good... Ugh. That was a... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> so Jess Lowe <laughs> Maria Sharapova playing tennis <laughs> um, So Jess Lowe Jess Lowe I brought in Last minute with the Omission of Sergeant Wilson Because I couldn't afford uh, I couldn't afford rather I couldn't afford Fetty through So dodged a bullet there And I got this one at Jono's suggestion So I'm going to give you all the credit on this one Jono Because I needed someone who was cheaper Than 35k I think it was at the time I didn't put her on the field, which was my mistake, but she ended up scoring a 67. She's playing a very fantasy-friendly role across halfback for Fremantle, and I think she is a great option if you need a, a short stop of a F5 or a utility. I would be even happier to bring her in and field her this week if we hear more news that Emma O'Driscoll is playing forward again this week mm. because O'Driscoll's been playing that intercepting halfback role throughout the year. Basically, we just need Fremantle to do a Carlton and send all their defenders forward and then <laughs> send all their forwards back, apparently. I know I've mentioned this before, but it annoys me no end that I literally talked up Gab Pound as the most consistent top five defending option as though her role was never going to change. And she's now a forward. Yeah, look, we'll add that to the list of teams that we don't understand. There's the Bulldogs, and now there's Carlton. Oh, just... <laughs> um, and any other options we want to consider? One option, if you're desperate for a ruck, is Maggie Karras. Uh, if Lauren Pierce still isn't playing, uh, particularly going up against Essendon, I think the only flag here is that obviously it's a Sunday game, so we won't know teams beforehand. But if we see in the injury report that Loz Pierce is going to miss, guaranteed to miss another week, I think Maggie Karras could hit forty-five and fifty, which, as your utility, is not is not terrible. Or as your genuine ruck, or as a genuine ruck, like yeah. justify the ruck selection. But I think that's it. That's an option for me. Yeah, I'd also like to throw up Taylor Ortlep. I think she was getting midfield minutes for Carlton, which was <laughs> a big surprise. So. She got a couple of ripping clearances in that game yeah, as well. Yeah, looks really good. Oh, my gosh. Really good. Didn't score too fantastically she, um, well, but passed the eye test for sure. Oh, I mean, for her first game. Yeah. Was it her first game? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at my potential mm. trades last week, and I was down to one player that fitted in uh, because I was doing my Bowers trade, and before the Friday night teams came out, I had a single option uh, that I could bring in to make this work, and it was uh, Ortlep. And I thought, nah, Carlton don't need a forward. Uh, they're not going to do very good against Richmond. So I went with the only other option that I had, which was Lily Johnson when the Saturday teams came out, just in time. Alas, Carlton did need a forward. What? Was absolutely spewing watching that first quarter in person. Could not believe it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lily Johnson, I've got one last option who's just squeezes under that 45 price range and that's Ella Bogue from Port Adelaide uh, scored a 50, 
just yet. 57 this week is now priced at 44,300. Uh, but he's playing a, a nice midfield role for Port Adelaide. St Kilda and Essen to finish, so somewhat restrictive teams to come up against, but I think she can probably average 40 from here on out, which makes her a pretty handy utility player. I like it. Um, any parting comments? Do we want to run through our trades? Back in no. Bowersness. No. No, I don't <laughs> want to. I've decided I'm breaking the format. We're not discussing our <laughs> trades. And, and it's got roll to, roll to credits. No, no. Come on, guys. It's, it's just two more weeks of describing your terrible, terrible choices. <laughs> two more weeks, Liv. <laughs> you can do this. I believe Hold in you. Hold the line. Hold the line. Describe. I'm not pretty excited about mine for probably the first week in a while. Nice. Uh, the last two weeks, I've felt very forced into what I have to do. But this week at the moment, I like to do my trades while we're doing the episode. Nice. Just make sure I'm really <laughs> thinking about it. Um... I'm going to bring in Charlie Thomas, who was already uh, on my trade-in list after watching her last week. Uh, and I'm going to go Bodie, who, fantastic Ooh, idea there, Liam. Nice. Uh, that was a, a juicy option. Um, and Jess Lowe uh, for my utility spot, because I did not love having the, the genome on her 22 as my utility last week. Um, which means Randall's out. Um, my terrible pick of Ballard is out and my second terrible pick of Fru is out. So means I've got one forced trade and two bad trade reversals for three, what I'm hopeful is three fantastic players. And 20 grand left in the bank for next week to go out with a bang killer score. Yeah, I like it. What about you guys? I think that combination of uh, Lowe and uh, Greta Bodie is, uh, is excellent. Uh, and it's because I'm doing the same thing. I am. Oh well, now I'm not going to do it. Cursed, cursed. It's cursed. I know it's cursed. Uh, I'm getting rid of Ella Roberts, uh, which leaves me with only Hanny Ewings left at my F5. Yeah, Ella Roberts is just playing a little too deep for my mind, uh, and didn't look like she had the kind of legs. uh, Kind of looked pretty tired on the weekend. And in doing so, I'm also going to bring in Jess Lowe, and then I'm going to get rid of uh, Ruby Sergeant Wilson and Charlotte Taylor from Collingwood in order to be able to do so. And low at my utility. Jono, what are you doing? I feel pretty forced into my trades this week. So I've got Chelsea Randall who has to go for injury reasons. I have Gab Pound who needs to go for being terrible at fantasy reasons. And I think I think I still want to get Bowers. I know she's very commonly owned now in the top 100, but I'm feeling yeah, like expensive as hell as well. Yeah, very hard to chase down. So I'll be chasing out Abby Darrick, uh, and getting in Bowers there, and, which means in my back line I don't have a lot of cash to be spending. I think at the moment I'm going to take Will's suggestion of Sarah Sansonetti is going to be one, and with the remaining cash, I think the best player I can afford is a little bit of a risk. But if Maddie Collier can come back from her week off with illness. I think she is very undervalued for what she could put up. So I'm I'm probably going to bet on her, given her uniqueness, uh, and hope that I can sneak my way back towards that top hundred ranking. I'm close enough that I'm still I'm still with hope. You never know. Just for the record, Bowers is now the highest priced player in the game, and has made over twenty grand in the last two weeks, and is still twenty grand below her starting price. Wow. <laughs> Sixteen grand, <laughs> crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm. I've got a bit of a combination of a, of these things. I much like most of the rest of us have to trade out uh, Chelsea Randall, 
And as a result of this, I've decided to go a full backline makeover this week. Uh, I am getting rid of Randall. I am going unique, as I often do, by getting rid of Eilish Sheeran. And I'm also trading out Charlotte Taylor, who was my utility, to bring in Karen Peterson, Charlotte Thomas, and Sarah Sansonetti to complete my back line. Yeah, I like all those players. That's a good one. Very interesting. Can't wait to see how that goes. In a good way. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that's blowing me away is that, Will, like in the first round, you were maybe 150 points behind us all, and you're just coming home like a steam train. You could end up the, the oh, highest absolutely. of the three of us. I've, uh, unf- I, I said it earlier, I think I've left my run a bit too late, but uh, I'm pretty chuffed with how I've finished the season. It at least gives me hope that it, uh, I can finish somewhere closer to that top 100. I don't think I'll be able to make it on two rounds, but at least I'm... I'm what did you finish? You were one... 16 last year. 16. If you can get up to 116 again, you'd be the, the closest of us to... Look, at, at, at this stage, I'm targeting inside the top uh, 200 at this rate. So yeah, nice. that'll Love be it. a challenge. And if not that, hopefully I can just beat the rest of you guys. <laughs> I'm going for the very lofty goal of this week of finally stopping the slide of my rank getting worse literally every single week after round one. Like, you this can do is it, the week. William. This you is can finally do it. the week. I believe in you. Well, we might wrap it up there. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We are Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, or we are on Insta, Twitter, and sometimes Facebook. Very rarely. Um, <laughs> not Facebook. Don't go to Facebook. <laughs> I'm I'm Hype LD, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lmtom1. You can find me on Twitter at odds and Stephen, and you can find me on Instagram at will h underscore vi thanks for listening everyone bye see ya stuff everyone <laughs> <laughs>